continue growing my business. I know that I have an amazing product to offer and I want to make sure that, you know, I, I continue to grow at a certain rate. But at the same time, I don't want any of my current clients or future clients to suffer from the growing pains. There, there comes a point in time where you know you don't have enough time or energy or just creativity to service, you know, several clients at once. Welcome to the Small But Mighty Agency Podcast. If you're a creative consultant or agency owner who wants to know what the roller coaster ride really looks like to grow your business from one to many, you're in the right place. My guest and I pull back the curtains on the realities of growing and running agencies of different sizes and what it takes to build a team. And if you're anything like me, you want more than the highlight reel. You want to learn from the mistakes of others so that you can stop short of making the same mistakes. I'm your host, Audrey Joy Kwan. I spend my days as a coach and consultant to multiple six and seven figure agency owners. For the last seven years, I've been behind the scenes helping people grow, lead and operate small but mighty agencies. Here at the Small But Mighty Agency podcast, we'll uncover what works and equally as important what didn't work to get these business owners to where they are today. If you're a service-based solopreneur bumping up against capacity, what might feel scary but necessary is to deprioritize business building activities like marketing and visibility for business stabilizing activities like systems, process improvements, and building your team. If onboarding two more clients in your business with the current structure you have now creates anxiety about servicing them with excellence, it's time to look at your operations and team. Karen Seymour was a solopreneur who started her digital marketing business four years ago. Over the past four years, she's gone from wondering how to get her next client to now bumping into a capacity challenge. This year, she's decided to put her clients first by focusing on business stabilizing activities like systems, processes, and team to better serve her current and future clients. Hi, Karen. It's so good to have you. Can you tell us about who you are and what your agency does? I am Karen Seymour. I run Karen J. Seymour Digital Marketing based in Philadelphia. And we do social media marketing and content marketing in general for small business. Can you tell us a bit about the services that you offer? For example, maybe share about the packages or how you work with clients. So our baseline is social media management. So we typically work with clients and we completely manage their social media through LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We haven't really uh, delved into TikTok, but that is a possibility (laughs) in the future. And um, in addition to that, we help with email marketing as needed and blog writing as well. And how did you start your business? So I started my business in 2017 and I, well, I had a whole other life (laughs) before I started this business. I was a project manager and a consultant for an environmental consulting company and I wanted to make a change and I wasn't sure what direction I wanted to go in. I, you know, like a typical 
30 something year old, I wasn't sure if I was too old to even change um, or whether I should just play it safe and, and stay with the, the business that I was already at. But I had some downtime uh, due to a medical thing. So I started taking classes in marketing and I, I really enjoyed how marketing was a combination of science and psychology and creativity all brought together. And it was something that I needed in my life. I needed to do it. And so like a completely crazy person, I decided to open my own business. I wanted to create an agency and create a business that pursued marketing and and used marketing as a tool for smaller businesses to be able to connect with their audiences. To me, the purpose of social, the, the whole reason behind having social media is the ability to be able to connect with other people. And social media provided small businesses with the opportunity to do that without having a huge budget. And it, it was really intriguing to me. And I really wanted to get involved and, and see how I could help other small businesses, you know, really be successful and grow. How do clients work with you? And we've talked about dollars for hours before. Can you share your thoughts on that? So I would 100% recommend not selling your your businesses by hours. It is a trap mm-hmm. <laughs> that is so difficult to get out. Of. As I mentioned, I was a consultant for, for over 10 years. And being a consultant, you're doing timesheets every single week. And that was probably the worst part of my job. So I certainly didn't want to open a business where I'd have to keep track of time. I, we create packages based on outcomes. We create packages based on the number of platforms that you want managed and not on hours. So typically a client will come in and maybe they want an Instagram and Facebook package to start, or they come in and they want an Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And that all sort of depends too on what type of business they have, who their target audience is, where their target audience is. And those are all things that we sort of work out when when they come in the door and make sure that whatever we choose, whatever package they choose, that we're addressing their clients in the in the right way and we're able to to really help them move the needle. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that that you have a business that runs by packages and not by hours. I am curious though, uh when you first started the business, was that a learning curve for you or had you come into it knowing that hey, like I know that the whole hours thing is never going to work for me and I don't want to get into it. Well, I knew I never wanted to do timesheets ever again. Like, you know, once you start with timesheets, you realize either you love timesheets or you hate timesheets. And I guess I, I fell on the hate timesheets. But I also found that it wasn't effective when it comes to this particular type of industry. And that's because when it comes to marketing and when it comes to writing content and creating content for a business... There, you have to leave room for a little bit of creativity. You have to leave room for research and actually, you know, being creative is not as simple as when you're just a, a straight one-on-one consultant. There's a lot of extra work that goes on in the background that you can't necessarily account for in an hourly basis. And fortunately too, for me, I am very much a, a learning person. Like I love to learn. I'm always you know, doing a webinar or studying something or taking a class. And that was one of the things that I learned very early is to not charge by the hour. 
I know that you've been in business since 2017, right? Yes. So that's so three years, four years, actually now it's 2021. Years, yeah. Can you share what your business looked like four years ago and what it looks like now? So four years ago, when I started, I started with no clients and no prospects. I, I absolutely started from zero. And I have to say, I mean, it was one of those things where I got a lot of encouragement from my husband, who's also in sales, who encouraged me to actually put myself out there more. I think, especially for an introvert like myself, you open a business and you're like, I have this, I, I build a website. And mind you, I built my website by myself too. That's one of those things you start a business and you're doing all the things yourself. So uh, PS, I know how to do a WordPress website <laughs> and you build this website and you're like, surely somebody will just see my website and come to me. And that's really not true. It's just part of all of the things you need to do to grow your business. It's just the same as how social media marketing is part of what you're, what you need to do to grow your business. So that first year was a very, very steep learning curve for me where I started to learn what my own voice was, learn how to create a business that reflected my own values, learn how to talk about what I do and share my business without feeling salesy or feeling weird and awkward and really, you know, get out there and connect with other people and other entrepreneurs. Now, flash forward four years later, what does your business look like now? Four years later, I have somebody else do my website. <laughs> four years later, like we have right now several clients we cover. I mean, we, you know, when, when we first started, it was just social. We added content marketing as part of our packages because, you know, it sort of worked hand in hand with working with our clients. I have a couple of really awesome people that work for me. I'm not doing everything on my own like I was in the beginning where I was the receptionist and the janitor and <laughs> also the CEO and also the employee. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I've started to build a team of, of really wonderful, smart, talented women um, and so we, we are planning to continue to grow. Can I ask, how many clients are you serving right now in your business? Right now, we have eight clients. And those clients are mostly full service clients. So we do all of the things. We do their social, we do their emails, you know, advertising as they need it. Whatever they need, we're, we're there. Um, I structure this business to be more like a team member instead of a contractor. So, you know, a lot of times I'm in my client staff meetings, you know, I'm on, you know, a group email about different things that they have going on because they consider me part of the team. And that's how I want it to be. I want them to know that their success is important to me as it is to them. Karen, can you tell us about the types of clients that you serve? So we don't choose niches necessarily. So there's no, we don't do industry specific marketing. Um, but what we do is work with business owners that have a certain structure for their business and they have a passion for their business. That makes a huge difference in communication. 
Um, so we have restaurant clients, we have psychology clients, we have clients that do interior design, we have, you know, a, a full gamut of from on, you know, from solopreneurs to to business owners that maybe have 30, 30 to 40 employees. You mentioned that you come alongside your clients. Uh, if you're coming alongside your clients right now, what does the rest of your team do? My team helps me with actual content creation. So for me, um, my zone of genius is creating strategy. That's really where my, my sweet spot lies or where I actually shine is to think about how we're going to create different strategies for different platforms, for different campaigns, and for different businesses. And my team helps me execute those ideas. In the last couple of years that you've been growing your business, is there a marketing strategy that has really worked for you to grow your own business? Yes, a couple of strategies. One of them is actually networking. And I think networking is one of those things that makes people cringe, but it is an opportunity to talk to other business owners, to talk to other people in general, understand where their pain points might be, understand their experiences. And not only does that help in creating relationships with other people who may in the future become referral partners, but it also helps me as a marketer to understand the general public, understand our target markets, and, and really learn how to speak to them effectively. So networking is a huge part. And I have to say, <laughs> not to, you know, bring, bring it all the way back to myself, but I will. My first client actually came to me from Facebook. And it was simply because I kept showing up on Facebook and she saw me posting in different groups. She saw my, my Facebook page. And because I was consistently showing up and I was showing, you know, my personality and showing how I work and um, talking about my business, I was able to, you know, secure my first client. And she was in Florida. I'm in Philadelphia. So it's one of those things where we would never have met like in person by accident. But it really goes to show you how powerful uh, social media can be if you use it correctly. What do you see that's working really well in social media right now? What I'm seeing is, well, obviously video content is extremely popular and extremely helpful, particularly through the pandemic where a lot of us didn't have the bandwidth to maybe read a long article or you know, really concentrate too deeply on anything. Video kind of, of gave us an opportunity to create connections and, and share messaging quickly and easily in a quick and easy digestible soundbite. So moving towards video in any way, and that could be through Instagram Reels, it could be video on LinkedIn, video on Facebook, actually creating a way for people to see you and connect with you has actually been one of the most effective ways to, to utilize social media right now. Have you had a lot of pushback getting your clients to try to get onto video? A hundred percent. Most of my clients are women. 
Um, and I think women have a harder time putting themselves out there and putting themselves on display. You know, even when I would ask for bio photos, like that's that that was difficult. Um, people didn't want to put themselves forward. But that's part of running a business is that you have to like that's that's the differentiator between you and somebody else is you and your personality. So while I do get pushback, how I help them get over sort of the fear of being in front of the camera is that we'll actually come up with content together. So sometimes I'll have a client who will reach out and they're like, okay, I'm fully made up. What can I do for videos? Like I'll just do a few videos in a row. And I was like, great, here are some outlines and ideas for you to speak on. And I'll send them like three different ideas and they'll, they'll do three videos in a row. And then we can, um, we can use it that way. But I find that actually helping them come up with what they want to talk about is eases a lot of the tension and, and the nervousness. Part of the barrier of doing video is not knowing what to do first. And I think there's so much value in someone coming in saying, okay, here are three ideas. Don't think too much about it. Just go ahead and record it. Right, exactly. Because if you think too much about it, or if you spend too much time on your own, like, okay, I'm going to say this first, and then I'm going to say that. Um, sometimes, you know, it just adds to the stress and it makes things feel more awkward where, you know, I think in this period of time, people really appreciate authenticity. So even if you make a mistake or you stumble over your words, people appreciate that because they know you're a real person. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you're seeing in social media right now that was potentially working a year ago, but isn't working anymore now? I think one of the things was, and I've always hated this trend, but there was a trend of a follow unfollow on Instagram. People are still doing that. I have clients that ask about it. It's really terrible. Like it's, it's an easy way to grow your followers if numbers are the only thing that you're interested in. However, for me, you know, if we're going to be on social, the whole reason is to connect with people who are genuinely interested in what you have to say and genuinely interested potentially in connecting with you and buying a product from you or buying a service from you. So, you know, I think placing an emphasis more on actually creating better connections with people and, and putting your time there instead of trying to get your numbers up, that makes, that makes more of a difference. I'm curious about the concept of follow, unfollow. I, I think I know what that is. Uh, it's the tactic of following people, say, on Instagram, and the purpose of following them is so they follow you back. And then once they follow you back, you unfollow. Is that what follow, unfollow is? Yes. Yeah. So you, you wait for somebody to follow you back. And, you know, you don't know who this person is at all. You don't know what they're interested in. Um, it's just a matter of getting those vanity metrics up and, you know, vanity metrics are the follows, but they're never, ever going to buy from you. They're not going to come to your website. Uh, they're not going to refer you to somebody because they're, they're not your target market at all. And most people find it annoying <laughs> to be quite honest. Right. I love the words vanity metrics. Can we plug into that a bit more? When you work with your clients, how do you measure success on social media? And how do you communicate to your clients what vanity metrics are? So every month I meet with clients and we go over the month prior. We look at analytics. We talk about what posts are performing well. 
um, and what posts maybe are not and, you know, how we can adjust our strategy based on those analytics. In my mind, vanity metrics are follower count. And that was something that was sort of drilled into our heads when we first started on social was, oh, you have to get more followers. You just have to get and you do anything to get more followers. But really and truly, especially in a business environment, more followers does not mean more money. It doesn't mean more sales. It doesn't mean more anything, really. So it just looks nice. It looks nice to another person. Maybe it looks nice to your competitor that you have, you know, 9,000 followers. But at the end of the day, what we're really looking for, particularly with our clients, is engagement. Like, how are they? Are they saving the posts that we're putting out? Are they sharing those posts? Are they commenting and liking? Those factors matter more because, you know, we know that we're grabbing their attention. Um, anybody can follow. It doesn't take much time. It doesn't take any effort to follow uh, an account. But to have people actually engage with what you're putting out, that makes a huge difference. That means they're actually paying attention and they know who you are. Before we get back to the episode, I want to invite you to the free Strategic Connections Roundtable, where creatives, consultants, and service-based business owners can meet new business connections without the awkwardness of traditional networking. It's a curated experience where the group fit is curated so that connections and conversations thrive. That means that every month, a Strategic Connections Roundtable will bring together a group of service-based business owners in similar stages of business who can benefit from knowing each other so that you can make connections easier, share what your business offers, discover new resources, and have an opportunity to mastermind a challenge. Save your free seat at audreyjoyquan.com forward slash strategic dash connections dash roundtable. Above all, I care about genuine connections and authentic relationships in business. If that's you, check out the roundtable and curated networking experience today. You can get all the details and onto the free invite list over at audreyjoyquan.com forward slash strategic dash connections dash roundtable or click on the link in the show notes right there in your podcast app. Back to the show. Karen, what are you doing right now to grow your business? Right now, I am doing actually a lot of Facebook. I spend a lot of actual personal time on Facebook, connecting with people who are peers and people who our business owners that, you know, maybe I want to work with them in the future, or maybe, you know, I just want to make sure that we are creating a relationship. I think it's really important as business owners to spend time on LinkedIn, just because really and truly, especially if you're a B2B company, it is one of the best ways to, to create sales and to actually get referral traffic. So for me, um, actually posting, spending time on LinkedIn and particularly commenting on other people's posts really makes a huge difference. I know that you're in growth mode right now. And anytime we are bumping up against capacity challenges, there are specific pain points. What are some of your pain points? Sure. So one thing that they don't, well, there are many things that people don't teach you about business ownership, unless you've been to business school. And one of those things is actually how to scale and how to scale in a way that makes sense for you and your particular business and your particular industry. So 
one of the pain points that I'm facing right now is actually learning how to scale correctly, how to bring on more talent and bring on more um, team members in a way that benefits me, that grows my business and also benefits them. I want to work with people who are excited about social media marketing and content strategy as excited as I am about it. So learning how to do that and, you know, manage, (laughs) manage the business on a financial level is one of those things that can be a little bit painful as you start to grow. Speaking of scaling, for small service-based businesses that are owner-operated, we're not talking about rapid scaling. What we're really talking about is finding balance between serving current clients and creating capacity to serve more clients. What are your thoughts on that? I want to continue growing my business. I know that I have an amazing product to offer, and I want to make sure that you know, I I continue to grow at a certain rate. But at the same time, I don't want any of my current clients or future clients to suffer from the growing pains. There, There comes a point in time where you know you don't have enough time or energy or just creativity to service, you know, several clients at once. And when you reach that point, it comes down to do you do you want to stay at the size that you're at and like really focus in on the clients that you have or do you want to continue growing and add more clients but also make sure that your customer service is a one and top top of the line so for me because I want to make sure that my customer experience is amazing and that you know we're accessible to whenever they have questions you know online marketing is one of those things that never closes there's always something happening. There's always a potential for a last minute idea or something that they want to go out. I want to be available for that, but I can't be available all the time to everybody. So it's one of those things where, you know, you, you kind of have to make a decision on what do you need help with? Who's going to help you with it? and how you're going to manage that. It really is about sustainable growth. And that means having the right systems, processes, and people in place to serve our clients with excellence. While having that CEO hat on and strategically looking at how to serve more people without burning out. Right. And you, you, you know, it, it, and it's something that is widely known and widely spoken about. It's easier to keep a client than to look for new clients. So I never want to be in a position where I have a client that's not happy or not satisfied with the level of, you know, service that we're providing or results that we're providing. That's a nightmare. That's the worst case scenario to have a dissatisfied customer. To me, there is nothing more important than ensuring that the people we work with are well taken care of. Yeah. And, you know, to your point too, about systems and processes, like, that's one of the easiest ways to make sure that your clients are taken care of. So you're not sort of running from one thing to the next and putting out different fires. If you have a good system in place and you have processes in place, hopefully you don't have those fires. I think systems and processes are about being proactive in business rather than reactive. When you're reactive, you're the firefighter in your business and you don't have time to do the important work because you're so focused on doing only what is right in front of you. And I know for a lot of business owners, that's not very inspiring. 
it's not inspiring and it, it really is, it becomes an energy suck. You know, if you're, if you're constantly running and you're constantly waiting for the next emergency, how can you focus on actual growth or learning about your industry or keeping up with things or even, you know, the work-life balance that uh, we hear so much about? <laughs> like, how can you have that? I want to know what you see for yourself and your business in the next three years. In three years, I would like to be 100% in a more CEO role where I'm actually growing the business full-time, working on building out the platforms for my business, and also still able to work on marketing strategies because that's what I really enjoy doing. That's the plan. And also um, actually creating space for myself in my business, meaning, you know, vacations and maybe weekends off, making more time for family, spending more time with my family, traveling, but having a business that I guess is successful and can function without me. How do you define success? Oh, that's so interesting. That is a really interesting question because that's something that it almost implies like, okay, I'm successful so I can relax. And I don't know what that is like. <laughs> I guess, the, you know, success for business is having successful clientele, especially if you're in marketing, right? Um, because that that shows that you know what you're doing. That shows that you're really helping these businesses and you're doing your job and you're doing what you're set out to do is helping other people create successful businesses. When you first started your business four years ago, did you ever think that it was going to be an agency or was there some other plan? No, I always knew I wanted to build an agency. Yes. I always, I dreamed of having an all female agency that, covered, you know, a wider range of services. Mm -hmm. But I I never imagined myself on my own. Mm -hmm. I, I wanted to create something where there were other people who thought like me and who whose approach to marketing was similar where, you know, our approach was about community building. I wanted to create a business around that idea. What I love hearing you say is that, no, you you always knew that this was going to be an agency. And I'm excited for you because it sounds like the next couple of years, you're really going to start building that foundation and building build the right people to come in and help you serve your clients and grow from there. Yeah, I have um, big dreams, I guess. <laughs> it's funny you said that too. When, four years ago, when I was by myself, I called myself an agency because <laughs> I knew that's what I intended it to be. I knew that's what I wanted this business to be. So, you know, I, I, I know where I want to go with this. I know what I want my business to look like. I want, you know, I, I know who I want my clients to be generally, not like by name, but I'm, I'm ready. I'm excited too. And I'm excited to see what you and I can do together as Aww, well. I'm excited about <laughs> that too. Karen, yes. I want to ask you one final question and that is what motivates and inspires you? I would say my, oh, I have a lot of motivation. My husband is a huge motivator for me. He has helped me through the best of times, my 
absolute high moments to those moments. I think we all experience as business owners where we're literally crying on the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he's come home and caught me like literally on the floor. And he has been nothing but an awesome support system for me through the whole thing. So, you know, him and my whole family who've just really been behind me and cheering me on the whole way. Um, They keep me going. They keep me energized and uh, remind me why I'm doing all of this. I think about my, my family and my husband in particular, and I feel the same way. I don't think I could be a business owner without the support of my partner who is there for the high highs and the low lows. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, that could be all in the same day. (laughs) That is true. (laughs) As a business owner, that is true. Karen, where can people find you? You can find me at my website, KarenJSeymour.com or on Instagram at KJS underscore marketing. I'm on LinkedIn. You just search for my name and I'm on there as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. This was awesome. Thanks for listening to the Small But Mighty Agency podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me. Or send a screenshot on Instagram while tagging me at Audrey Joy Kwan.